0: Listening to episode 172 of GI Joeberg. My name is S Jobs or is it Stephen? Uh, we're using code names on the podcast this episode, so I'm joined by Paul
1: Deadly Pencils,
0: and, and
1: <laughs> Cujo, probably with a C, on the West Coast. And filling up the fourth ooh, ooh. slot,
0: we have a guest who goes by the name Cobra. Hey, buddy.
2: Hey, how's it going?
0: You might know him by his work because if you are familiar with the G.I. Joeberg YouTube channel, you have just been treated to some excellent stop-motion work. Corbra... Excellent.
2: <laughs> excellent.
0: <laughs> buddy, how did we get in contact? Tell the story to the listeners.
2: I guess starting right with it, I just kind of reached out and private messaged you and just, just asked you kind of straight out if you would uh, be willing to help me out and give me a platform to to show my stop motion on
0: you're being very bashful i was only all too happy to have your stuff on the channel i didn't see it as me helping you out at all if anything it's a two-way street man fantastic con- yeah. content on gi joeberg and i suppose an added platform for you to have your stuff shown because you do have your own youtube channel of course
2: yeah that's how i kind of started out but uh, you know i like i was saying earlier stuff like zombie zombie riding this road till death sets you free kind of inspired me mm. first and then once i got on to some of the play motion that's really what kind of got me into it and then i started adding a little more script and dialogue to it
0: and it's not just adventures that take place on your channel i see you do reviews as well
2: yeah try well i don't know i was a little insecure with my voice so i was kind of like i can hide behind the camera with the stop motion i gave it a try i don't know if, if i'll ever keep pursuing that It was just kind of like an experimental. I, Because I've only really had my channel for three years, so I just kind of started off uh, just experimenting, trying different things, and I think I'm kind of have done the full cycle, and I'm going to stick with the the stop motion and a little bit of play motion and.
0: Fantastic, man. Well, it's definitely content that has found its mark. Uh, People are clamoring for that stuff to the point where, like on GI Joeberg, where we try and keep things varied, I almost feel like a bit of a cheat putting out any content but play motion adventures. Because it's now kind of become our calling card. So I feel a bit cheapish to put out reviews. It's funny. You labor under this, this additional pressure that you know what the audience demand from you. You're like, yeah, people know us for that thing and that thing specifically. Like for <laughs> reviews, they've got other avenues. They've obviously got Form BX257 and HTC's enormous catalog of reviews. So it's, it's mm-hmm. odd stepping into the reviews game. But most recently, this weekend passed... Uh, I finally put up my rainy day review, having some battlecopter action down on the beach. That was a lot of fun.
2: Yeah, I saw that. That was nice.
0: (laughs) Yeah, man. (laughs) My old man makes a a cameo at long last. Actually, you know what? I had him on the flag, um, making of video when we put together a styrofoam base. He helped me with some of the gluing. Cause yeah, (laughs) glue. Gluing foam board together, that's a one-time stick. You do not want to screw that up and misalign it.
1: Both think you guys have mentioned, like, your voice is evolving and stuff like that. Uh, has your dad always watched the content, or uh, no?
0: <laughs> he often surprises me by doing it out of the blue, man. But, yeah, I think my old man, when left in his office and all the time of retirement to kill, he he does sometimes meander onto G.I. Joeberg. But look, I definitely told him about the Battlecopter review. I wasn't going to leave him in the dark since he, you know, he's give, giving me the rights to his likeness. <laughs> Before we get any further, dudes, we've got to get a new shit section out of the way. I've got new toys.
2: Yay! Isn't that the greatest? Did somebody
0: has
3: to have new toys. <laughs>
0: new toys in lockdown. But first, I need to address something that. Mia culpa. I have I have routinely not addressed in previous episodes up to this point. I received a birthday present last year at my Australian address, and I have only, as of the beginning of lockdown in mid March, been able to receive it. It was from none other than friend of the show Jim Godfrey. He sent me two exceptional pieces of Action Force history the 1987 Action Force Annual, and the 1988 Action Force Annual. And they are spectacular, man. Such a nice Aww. piece of history. But not only that. Hey! <laughs> but wait, there's more. He sent me a custom, very hippie-looking head. <laughs> it's, uh, it's one of the kind of Outback heads that he's customized to have a very dark hair color and kind of a... Quite a a tanned skin tone and a very vivid, detailed work on the eyes. He said it was an upgrade to my custom rock and roll that he made me some years back. But I'm starting to think, this is me. (laughs) This is is my head if uh, left in ultimate survival mode. And he will be seeing uh, a a custom body, hopefully, uh, when all this craziness dies down. And I will have my avatar at long lost. Kuj, you won't be the only one.
1: You mentioned the eyes. In one word, what would you say those eyes are? Piercing, I guess. Oh,
0: okay. Yeah. They'll yeah, look right through a man. Because <laughs> he's just hungry, bro. <laughs> hungry like a wolf. <laughs> and I got a locust, dudes. Oh, finally. Bought here in... Local Aussie, yeah, man, on uh, nice. eBay, eBay Australia, yeah, fantastic. Love that toy. Great shape. Needed a, a good clean up, but it's a good toy. And ah, oh, man, I remember poring over the the 1991 catalogue, and I was particularly keen on the badger and the locust. Uh, they might seem like lemons in the eyes of uh, more old school collectors, but to me, and you know, I was a I was a modest kid with a modest collection, and I thought like the smaller pieces were the ones I could likely get my hands on, or at least persuade my parents to buy me. Unfortunately, I never saw either of these toys at retail, would have snapped them up otherwise. But I have corrected it now, in good old 2020. Paul, I know you love this helicopter. What's uh? Oh, what's, I love what's the
3: and the cool thing is like i was lucky that as a kid i was exposed to it because david had one which he got when visiting family in canada and that's where he got it from (laughs) so did it become yours it it actually did he donated it to me he basically he was like well i seem to be enjoying it more than he is so he gave it to me and then just over time it just got it just disappeared in the midst of time you know Now,
0: does your one that you currently have in your collection, does it kind of rock forward onto the front quite easily?
3: Mine? No, it doesn't really seem like it. Like, I haven't had any problem. Like, you mean, like, if you have it standing, does it, like, sometimes topple over or that kind of thing? It just seems very front-heavy, and there's nothing really to kind of keep it from tipping
0: over once it goes past a certain point. But I think also, yeah, maybe I just need to hairdryer my skids. And splay them out a little bit. Yeah, it's possible. Cause they are slightly too narrowly set.
3: Yeah, um, that sounds... Yeah, because, I, I mean, when you mentioned that, I was like, no, I've never had that issue with my locust before. It
0: also makes me feel like, possibly, possibly, in the early days of its design, it was meant to have a, a tail boom, mm. so there'd be more weight to the back of the helicopter. Because with, you know, the cockpit, cockpit the way that it is, basically a little brown jelly bean of a helicopter. <laughs> um, it, the, all the weight is in the front, so there's nothing counterbalancing it. If it had a, a long tail boom, obviously then the landing struts would be in the center of gravity of the thing. Mm. And also it may, might make a bit more sense as a helicopter if it had a tail boom. I don't know how much force that um, rotor at the back is going to put out with its set so close to the center of gravity of this thing. But hey, it's it's a nice compact design, and the fact that it has a tail rotor at all is something that we can celebrate because let's face it, like the battlecopters, they look fun and functional and and very kind of bare bones. But with no tail rotor, they're not fooling anyone. That thing's death trap.
3: <laughs> yeah, no, very true. But I I, I suppose like. Like, there's always been, like, a thing about the Locust, and I think I've said this before, where it feels like it was part of something bigger initially, like a, like a, maybe a bigger design that was ultimately well, sort of turned into a smaller vehicle. Like the General, um, it was part of something, you know, Yeah, a, yeah, a, a it, complementary piece yeah, it, to a, a bigger whole. Yeah, I mean, there is that, but I mean, what I'm getting at is, like, maybe it was originally designed as a bigger helicopter, and then it was retooled to be a smaller helicopter. I've always had that kind of feeling from it, uh, because... I would say, like, as a design, it seems very much re- related to the Retaliator, I believe it is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they seem very related. And also to the Skyhawk in a weird way. Um, They've got, like, they've got the same kind of DNA. It's weird. But especially the Retaliator. I mean, they they definitely look separated at birth, or that they that they have the same
2: parents or something, because it's just that the design.
3: Hey, Cobra, you got an opinion on the
2: the Locust? I I do like it. I had a chance to to buy one. I'm kind of regretting it. But uh, most of my collections, like from here, is the '85 is is my big year as a oh. child too. The Tomahawk was. It's my my big helicopter, I guess. You can't go wrong with the tomahawk.
0: Uh, That's a tough one to beat, mm-hmm. I guess. But uh, if you want a little pocket rockets, you can't do too too badly with the old locust. Yeah, man, it's cool. It's fine. Uh, the bomb dropping makes cool. Steven. Yes? Yeah, Cooch, what's up, brother?
1: Uh, we need to give Corb a, a a GI Joe shakedown. You know, get to know this mm-hmm. guy through GI Joe. All
0: right, all right. Corbs. Sure. Your favorite GI Joe action figure? Your favorite Cobra action figure? And your favorite vehicle?
2: Ooh, I think I still go with Ricondo and Gung Ho. So two of my favorite Joes, uh, I guess Cobra Commander, Destro, a couple of the originals like that would be my favorite Cobras. Basically the ones I couldn't have as a kid, you know, being, you know, just starting to collect that 84, you know, all those good ones were all out the year before I started collecting. So it's like, as a child, I always wanted you know, Baroness, all those ones that come out the year before, even from the original 13. But, uh, you know, not complaining, 85 was an amazing year. And then still to this day, you know, still after some of those early figures.
0: <laughs> right on, man. And vehicles, what uh, what takes the top
2: spot? Does that include, uh, like, the bases as well or just... Uh,
0: oh, sure, yeah. Let's... Any boxed item, if there's something that is on top, let's have it.
2: The tactical battle platform was my favorites, and the Cobra. I think just the little sets, like the bunker, Cobra bunker. But uh, I guess the Stinger I would be a favorite for a vehicle.
0: Oh, sweet. Okay, transportable tactical battle platform. What ancillary vehicles do you use with it?
2: Oh, uh, Steven, that's
3: so funny that you do that. You mentioned that. Carry on. <laughs>
2: um, <laughs> that armadillo or whatever. That little tank. For sure, man. Sometimes I try to fit my uh, dragonfly on the top there for oh. the helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> wow, okay.
0: Did you not fear that, like, those supports would groan under the weight, like, and that you'd stress the plastic?
2: Yeah, not too much. Not as a, as a child, I guess, anyway. But uh, now, I guess a little bit. But I don't know. I get that way just doing stop motion with some of the more expensive figures. Like I've. It's a uh,
0: curse, man. It's a curse.
2: I've had one Crimson Guard fall into a candle in one shot, which was a campfire and melted his hand. So I've had a few little mistakes uh, regret. <laughs> Oops.
3: <laughs> it's shocking how quickly they, they melt. Eh? This is my childhood coming through. <laughs> but yeah. It's shocking hey, Paul, how quickly why they did you
0: melt. give me a hard time about my transportable tactical battle platform question?
3: Oh, not so much a hard time. I was just, I was actually just about to ask if you had an MCC, uh, like what would be the five joes you'd put on it and not necessarily joes but like it could be a mix of joes and cobra to make that a fun play and then you mentioned the tactical battle platform and i'm like yeah that's also a great play to put five joes on either two cobras and three joes or whatever
1: who were your two but cobras again
2: uh favorite Com- uh, cobras yeah the uh, command commander Destro, like some of the earlier ones baroness gotcha. the troopers yeah Okay. Uh, it always pages. I love so much of it now. I just I kind of came late. I I just got on the internet actually like three years ago and started my YouTube channel. So I'm kind of like just realizing that there was adult collectors and trying to catch up to everybody and I've kind of missed out. So I'm just kind of making up for lost time.
3: <laughs>
2: You're right but, on time. Uh, okay. No, great.
3: Thankfully, you know there is eBay for that kind of thing. I mean I know when I started as a more grown up collector of Joes. Uh, I was very thankful to, to pop my eBay, uh, cherry. <laughs> and it's, it's crazy because when you, when you're there for the first time, you, you do feel like you're playing catch up, like you have to buy so many toys. Um, but then like here we are, like 10 years on and there's still quite a lot of stuff. Yeah. The pricing sucks a little bit sometimes, but you know, it, it fluctuates. So I'm just glad that you got on the boat with that. It's cool. And
2: um, the, the fact that we can have fun with it, and not always spend money too, shows that you really love the hobby. Like, uh, you know, what I mean, you yeah. can always sort of cut back on the spending, and then you know, do the play motion for a bit. And there's a way to stay involved. Totally,
3: no, totally. And it's uh, like play motion is a great excuse to own GI Joes. Uh, having GI Joe book as an entity is a great excuse to have GI Joe toys as well. It's awesome. <laughs> like. You know, it's like and, an excuse to play, play with. Your right, exactly, exactly.
2: If you do a good enough job with your playing with your toys, then you feel like an adult because you made a, a good movie. <laughs>
3: Very true. And you have. Some of those like fight scenes are incredible. I, I really dig them. I really um, love a lot of the stuff that happens in Snake bites because that was really tricky. <laughs> ah, we're skipping all the way to the end. I
0: think the Quick Kick versus Big Boa and Norga Hyde mm. fight is so inspired like yeah. in what continuity would those 3 go head to head in Corbra Lang's stop motion that's yeah. it like it it's so good man i love that i really did
2: that was a favorite uh, childhood battle i guess <laughs>
0: really <laughs> okay so it's got a history of of playtimes with you oh yeah was it those 3 guys squaring off
2: yeah, I always really liked the the menacing-looking villains, a lot of the Dreadnoughts, you know, with the big muscles and stuff. The, the tougher, the better, you know, to go up against Snake Eyes or whoever your favorite uh, quick kick or hand-to-hand combat warrior was.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, particularly a guy like Norgahide, who looks like he could, you know, run down an antelope and then tear it limb from <laughs> limb. Like, he's particularly hulking,
1: She's actually. So
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. A lot of shirtless guys on screen.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like WrestleMania. <laughs> so,
2: A couple of mustaches there, or one anyway. I don't know what Big boa has got going on.
3: <laughs> yeah, we don't know. He might have the best handlebar mustache of them all. <laughs> yeah,
2: but that was the first time there. I I, I had my wife help me there because obviously you only have two hands, right? So oh, yes. she was holding the big big bola, trying to, you know, <laughs>
1: to play fight it. with three hands. Good <laughs> yeah. commentary. I like hearing the uh, yeah. the third hand, that kind of stuff.
2: The third, oh the third. I, I saw some of cody's work too it really kind of brings you back to a childhood the way he has his hand-to-hand combat fights it just reminds me of you know i had a friend that played like that he was always way more advanced than everyone else with the fighting you know <laughs> it's just just made those ninja fights look amazing so it's kind of reminded me of that so i wanted to do something a little bit more like my childhood and kind of mix the play motion into the stop motion but a lot of my earlier videos, before, I, I've made them private, but I started off with all play motion. And then I kind of, by my 14th episode, I was into all stop motion. And that's about the time Justice 14 Curry... 14
0: episodes. Corbs, that's, that's a lot of hard work, man. That's incredible.
2: They were experimental. A lot of them I'm embarrassed about. Like, I was totally trying to find, you know, whatever my skills were, whatever mm. I was good at. And it turns out I'm more visual than... You know, I'm having a hard time with the the storytelling part of it and the scripts and the dialogue. But uh, as for letting the the camera shots tell the story and stuff like that, sometimes that's the way I kind of do it. And then the characters can just you know say what they want. Mm-hmm. You know, like I've seen you guys do that too. Where characters can just bicker and argue because you know the story, the, the camera's telling the story basically.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, very much. In fact, um, that's something I I commented on when I was talking to Stephen when I first saw them was. I really enjoy your editing actually. And your camera work. Your your composition's very cool. But I really enjoy your editing. You've got some very cool uh very smart editing going on there. That is obviously assisted by a lot of the um the, the way that you set up some of your sort of special effects and when by that I mean your like practical effects, like how you've got like a, a bunched up cloth to be like a, a hillside. And and how that actually works really well
2: (laughs) yeah i was actually thinking about designing a whole like a room like a rotary table because i got tired of moving the green screen around for the and the camera for the different angles so you could just possibly rotate the table and then that way you get all your different angles without having to change your whole studio room around but then again with the green screen or the chroma key it's you know i've had to play around with that over the years or not the years it's still new to me but you know getting too much light you get that reflection which is no good and then mm. you you don't get to play around with shadows and stuff and the lighting which i've been inspired by with some of your videos so th- the last one i've been doing with the tale of the two ninjas that's uh, storm shadow spin-off i've taken a lot of that out and tried to have the sets built so i could work with the lighting and the shadows and you know have like the time lapse if the sun's you know going across like you'd see in a desert scene you know the shadows going across the cactus and <laughs> showing that yeah. you know this I've shot. And I want to play around with stuff like that too. It adds
0: such a layer of complexity to do things in a stop motion format because all of a sudden it is locked off. You are working in a studio setting. You have control of the elements, sure, but you can't just set a time lapse camera to film a sunset. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like You have to plan and execute everything very, very much more technically. I'm curious, for a video like raging storm which i suppose is two and a half minutes of solid stop motion how long did you spend to get the principal photography done
2: i was doing stuff like that in about a weekend like uh that's some good going man a long weekend like staying up late Mm -hmm. and you know like sometimes my job i'm not complaining but it's it's something i enjoy doing so it kind of keeps me going so kind of lose track of time
0: do you play some tunes and uh, pour yourself a
2: drink? Uh, sometimes, yeah. Closer to the end, or it, you know, it might influence my work. So.
0: <laughs> okay, cool. What's what's your what's your go-to band or uh, music?
2: You know, I've I've had a lot of different phases, and this this is kind of embarrassing, but uh, lately, I've for some weird reason, I just love Iron Maiden. <laughs> oh, There's nothing huh, embarrassing awesome, about man.
0: that, brother. No way.
2: It's just like the music is like uh, it's just phenomenal. It's just the image and stuff kind of got got me and why I didn't really get into it in the past. But it's like Tool on steroids or something. It's just phenomenal. I, <laughs> no, I made an and probably
0: great. plays a, a role in influencing your work. I mean, certainly when you're working with Dreadnoughts and rusted scrap metal, like the, the 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 once again the scene at the end of Snake Bites, it's quite cluttered. It's like they're in a a junk pile, a scrapyard, yeah. Yard, yeah? It's a fantastic setting, man. And um, something that was mentioned on the premiere uh, sort of comments thread by Cody, the, the maker of the Secret Machine, was that you have such a great like apocalyptic setting. And I think so mm. much of that comes from the the atmosphere, the um, the sunset, and the sort
2: of the the, the, the emotion
0: <laughs> in that sort of very cloudy skyline that you have. That is fantastic, mm. man.
2: It's very metal too far from the G.I. Joe theme. Like, you know, I never grew up with the cartoon. I was more with the the comics and stuff, so I always had a different kind of spin or a different song playing to my head when I was playing. So I don't want to take it too far away. That's why I thought the the spin-off movie kind of thing would allow me to be creative and, you know, go my own way, but still it would tie into the whole G.I. Joe story.
0: Well, it looks good, man. It really does. G.I. Joe, I think, works with that much kind of drama in the, the skies above it.
2: Cobra,
3: you mentioned earlier that you really dig Cobra Commander and Destro. Like, if you had to choose cobras, um, and this is something I want to ask uh, ask the entire group. Have you guys seen the previews for the new six-inch Joes? The the preview art that they put up the other day. So it has a Baroness, a Cobra Commander, Storm Shadow, and a Red Ninja are the new additions to to what we currently have already. And I just wanted to know if you guys have any thoughts on them positive or negative
2: for me it's all positive i I think they look great they captured the essence of the the originals and they Mm -hmm. catered to the new crowd which they they probably have to do for business reasons and i really don't know like if they could just release complete vintage figures like a lot of us would probably buy them too so i don't know what the the best answer is but that's that's my opinion
0: let's kick it over to Cujo. come off mute Cujo. come back to the party brother what do you think Mm. of the the artwork that's floating around
1: well, I know you're probably jonesing for a blue ninja, right? <laughs> that <was> a little <laughs> crossover humor. Um, <laughs> I think, uh, well, before we get too far away from music, are you a fan of your fellow Canadian brother, Word Burglar?
2: No, I guess not. I'll check it out, though.
1: Busted. Well, I was curious, uh, <laughs> like, is this the first G.I. Joe community that's kind of reached out or you reached out to?
2: Oh, I've been kind of bouncing around, but I just never really found my home, like exactly where I fit in. <laughs> I don't know. Gotcha. Uh, like I said, I've done a little bit with uh, Justice Curry. Like I did a stop motion intro for his channel. I don't know if you've seen uh, that where he uh, kicks yeah, the Castle Grey door open and steals the Battle Cat from He Man. <laughs> I have seen it. Yeah. No, I, I definitely I, concur. Once I started seeing some of the, the play motion, I, I just thought I got to. I gotta be a part of this somehow. I wanna I wanna contribute, you know, even if I can't do the scripts or you guys might need help with an action shot, maybe you'd just be like, Hey Corey, do you wanna shoot shoot something like this and I could collaborate and send something in, or you know, I could get advice from some of you guys, maybe help with some of my storylines. Stuff All like right. that. Huh.
3: Definitely love your storm shadows cape, man. <laughs> it's like
2: Thanks. Yeah, great. the fabric really looks great in stop motion. Fabrics are so good. Uh, I got to do something with uh, the blood. I still haven't found my. Uh, I, I played around with that with the new tale of uh, two ninjas. And I don't. I think everyone will be impressed with what I've done. I've. Uh, it's a little more gory, I should say, than just regular catch-up, But uh, there's a few. <laughs> <laughs> I,
1: I was few. gonna say, what do you got against Firefly? No, but if people have just watched your stuff, I definitely say. Uh, I, I felt like you focused on the more visceral moments. Like your storytelling seems to be like selected. Uh, moments that seemed to resonate and I, I agree I thought the or the background was was pretty dynamic something Korbara
0: and I were talking about before you guys jumped on actually was how he would conduct his adventures and and just play out the sort of the action sequences because all the storytelling elements were kind of uh, an internal monologue
2: no I thought that was great and actually you guys help out quite a bit uh <laughs> yeah so I, I like that are you sure? I mean, as I said on the text, I I
0: hope I'm not overstepping the line a bit. You know, this is your work, and I've kind of added in very substantive no, no.
2: ways. You've kind of caught me at the early process. Like, I've just kind of perfected the visual side of it, and yes. uh, I've kind of resonated with stuff like the bad luck lady, and uh, you know, how, like, that intro that you did, where there's not a lot of dialogue or script but it's uh Mm. it's just mesmerizing you know just watching it to the music and the the different camera shots and you know i was influenced by stuff like uh, zombie zombie that writing oh wow uh, yeah yeah. so that's kind of how i started with little less on the script and then you know as i got into watching gi Joe Berg and stuff you know i started to realize there's there's an element that i was missing and that's that bringing you back to your childhood you know playing you know did you did that. you
0: do the voices as a child like was that part of your play or was your sort of play time quite uh just sort of action-packed and and not so heavy on the, the storytelling
2: that's yeah i've never been asked that but yeah i was more action-packed uh a little less on the story. Everything script was in my head, kind of. And I was more like the, the action guy. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Which is kind of coming out now. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, this is interesting. Were you playing with other people at the time? Or are these kind of on your solo adventures?
2: I guess a lot of the times it was by myself. I was more like the kid that played inside a lot of the times.
0: Yeah. Ah, for sure, man. Then it would door. make no sense to be having these conversations with yourself. All the information is already kind of in the, the characters' heads because you're manipulating them all absolutely i think that's pretty much how i played as well I only kind of developed my more talkative style when i was having to kind of convey information to my mates <laughs> yeah <laughs> cuz we'd often have the neighborhood kids around and i guess that's why i talk so damn much now anyways corpra has given me his blessing and i think it's a nice i, I certainly enjoy uh, adding a little little touch to to his work uh certainly a lot less hard work for me <laughs> all i gotta do is talking to a mic oh dream come true man you do all the grunt work and i just make your your action figures speak
2: yeah i really appreciate that because uh, you know it's where i am lacking i didn't realize to watch it and knows how much space there was and you know just some of the stuff you did with the script even in the, the burial at sea or the the raging storm i mean where he's throwing the axe and he's, you know, right in the middle of a line, and then he throws the axe at Snake Eyes and just just adds that that nice touch, you know?
0: I think it comes from all the time I spent dubbing Bollywood films. (laughs) Those cats love throwing down. So it's a lot of that kind of really strangled, like, No, Raz, raz Sahiba will be mine! (laughs) 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 Yeah, moonlighting, guys, moonlighting. Ridiculous.
2: But yes, yeah, so yeah. I wish I could do that, so I respect you guys for that. <laughs>
0: it's the one thing I can do, and of course I'm very bottled up at the moment. I haven't treaded the boards in months, and I think since uh, my 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 industry has gone the way of the dinosaur, it's not likely I'm going to make a return to the stage. So anytime I can lend a voice, gladly.
2: I had a question, I don't know. You know that, uh, I was just watching Can You See on mm-hmm. your uh, episode, was that? Who did Cobra Commander do in a voice in there? It was. He did too, in fact. Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought yeah, yeah. so. I thought I heard his voice, but I wasn't sure. I didn't see it in the description or anything.
0: So the big one is Maverick. Uh, that's a cameo, and then uh, sometime later he 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 does a a few brief lines as a as a I think a Cobra trooper or a, maybe it was the maggot driver, the worms, or was uh, it Technoviper yeah. something like that. Anyways, if you if you blink you'll miss it, but yeah, he he pops up twice. But yes we we' got a few comments um Troy is a master networker, so he he reached out to to hoodie and hoodie was only too happy i've also asked, also asked the guy if he was interested um I'd really like to get him to do his sergeant slaughter impersonation, yeah because I must admit you know trying to get that gravel for for slaughter is uh it's <laughs> hell on <in> the voice <laughs> yeah. so let me rather put up put my competition out of. <laughs> <laughs> Out of commission. <laughs> Hoodie,
2: step up to the plate, buddy. I was just just gonna ask if Cody did all his voices for uh for the Secret Machine. That was some great uh, voice acting, I thought.
0: Yeah, man. The guy is a musician, and I think that really informs the kind oh, of okay. hypnotic, almost musicality of his voice. Uh, he, he's he's got a good handle for just banter. Like really yeah. believable dialogue between characters. Yeah, and yeah, he, he's got a great. Um, I imagine he was a vocalist in his in his band because I mean, I imagine he's got a good rock scream.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like you said, it must be a music. He just he hits the right notes and stuff. Eh? He just knows how to.
0: As far as cameos in the secret machines concerned, I think it might actually be all him. Fantastic.
2: Yeah, I thought that was pretty impressive. He, Good at uh, visualizing too, eh? a pretty talented guy.
0: Yep, and also good at using the the integration of various techniques like blue screen or green screen. Was that quite a challenge? You, you mentioned having to flip your whole studio around to to where the blue was. Or the, do you use gr- green or blue? I I don't know what the difference is.
2: Uh, just depending on what color is dominating the the screen more. Like if it's all green vehicles, then you want a blue screen. or you know what i mean if if you' got a lot of cobra with blue, then you want a green screen in the back.
0: Oh, of course yes, mm-hmm. oh wow, all these things I never have to consider <laughs> uh, I, I am I'm am very, very bare bones. If there's a decent enough sunset, shoot against that. It'll cover up a great many sins.
2: I think it's my lack of confidence. I overproduce things because uh you know because I have a hard time with the with the script. Something like the, some of your work, you could listen to it on the radio. It's almost entertaining enough just to, to listen to the dialogue, you know.
0: <laughs> well,
2: for me, it always it always starts with dialogue. I
0: kind of envision the scenes and I, I write what the characters are saying, and that kind of gives rise to the action. I presume for you it happens in reverse. It's, it's action first. It's like I want to have this attack or I want to have these two characters grappling or these three characters have an encounter, and then it flows from there.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's that's it it's like a comic book i guess in a sense i, I kind of mm-hmm. see what the what the scenes are going to look like or what colors i want to use or how i want it to look
0: excellent just throw all the pieces onto the table
1: i was going to say the storytelling style almost felt like an rpg like the different tanks would take turns firing and stuff yeah.
0: Kind of... <laughs> yeah very rpg like but then again Cooj, wasn't that how we played You couldn't be every character or every vehicle at every point. Like, I'd be like, yeah, I'm going to control this his tank, move it here, fire, and then, you know, do the reaction of the Joes scattering for cover. So, yeah, man, I think your videos have encapsulated a style of play, really. I think that's perhaps the best thing that, that any of us can do, is that we're all just kind of. Remembering these various facets of how we used to do it as kids.
2: Yeah, you gotta kind of let your a little bit of your heart guide you, eh? not just you know using your mind or mentalizing things. eh? it's just if it doesn't feel right then you're not having fun, then <laughs> you're doing something wrong.
3: Yeah, it reminds me of um, when Dave and I were younger and we used to play to be sort of uh, diplomatic about who shot who and whatever's. Uh, it ended up being very role playing esque when it came to to like skirmishes and a lot of the time it would involve like sometimes a dice. You know, like you'd you know, bring a his tank two in or the bug in, and then you would shoot and you'd roll a dice for the probability of the hit and then roll the dice again for how much damage it did versus the armor and we had written down stats and stuff. Yeah, it was quite involved. It it was cool though. It was cool. Um <laughs> did you guys always play deathmatch and not cooperative <laughs> no we did do cooperative um where we played against uh, like you could put the dice away then no that's... no we did we actually did have the dice we would roll for the for the, the npcs so, hmm. yeah so we would so the enemy would move like david and i would take turns moving the enemy around and then we would roll the dice to to decide uh what they would do you know so it's kind of like um i think even by, by today's standards it's kind of like uh you get single player uh, board games and uh, it's kind of like that kind of thing, um, but this this uh, playstyle was derived from uh, Japanese turn-based RPGs. Um, and at the time uh, on Turbo Graphics or the PC Engine, they, David had this really cool Mecha turn-based strategy game called X3rd, which deals with Mecha. And how that works is you move on a on a on a block grid, and then when your turn is over, the next guy moves. And I think something that's more familiar to people today is XCOM. XCOM uses the same system. No, that's kinda of like how we did it. That that would avoid a lot of the um <laughs> the sort of arguments about no, oh, I shot your guy, oh no, you're like too powerful and all that, you know, rubbish that happens <laughs> yeah. with kids.
0: We can yeah, all recall
3: so. that. Barbara
0: mm. tell me, within the the Snake Bite versus Raging Storm, with Snake Bite we've got a situation where the setup is very evident. We have G.I. Joe operating in a base Cobra planning their attack strategy and then acting on it. G.I. Joe repelling the attackers and then a counterattack begins. But with Raging Storm, we see another style of like, play. In essence, because we just are plunged into a scenario. Cobra has the flag. Storm Shadow is on the deck. Snake Eyes is the last man standing and it's, it's time to To have this epic confrontation. Now, did you envision a backstory and a future for that clip? Or was this designed as a standalone sort of showpiece? Just like your games of old, which didn't need... Uh, backstory it didn't need a future it just needed that kinetic piece of action right in the middle
2: I think embarrassingly enough I think it's it's kind of controlled by a, by a limitation of sets like that one I, I filmed in my toy room on the flag and I managed to fit the green screen in, be, in behind but when you see most of my other videos like what the vintage shows I'm sure it's a technique I don't know what it's called but instead of building a whole set which takes hours, you just you lay out your grass and you have a tree and a rock and then all of a sudden you move that rock, you bring in another shrub and put a branch and now you got a whole new set and it only took you a few seconds. So a lot of those other sets have been, you know, just like in the jungle or the forest, I can change it really quick and I'd still do it on my tabletop, but as for the one with the flag, I haven't really built a, a scenario where I could do other sea battles so I'm, just, I'm still kind of Figuring that out, I want to dedicate a whole room, like a like a movie studio, so I can get a, capture all the stuff I need. But uh, I don't know if that answers your question. But it's, it's well, oh, would it be would it My be too much
0: to uh, to get a hint of uh, where you wanted to take it? Does okay, G I Joe uh, pitch a battle and and manage to retake the flag, or is there a twist in the tail?
2: Well, I always thought it was important. For mine to have, if I could, and that one didn't, was to have a fight, a chase, and a gun battle. So you'd have all three action scenes (laughs) in one one movie. So, you know, I was hoping that that one could evolve into a chase scene on the water with boats. Oh, yeah. And, you know, to get that high adrenaline, you know, chase, you know, I could... You know, I probably would have had something happen where Snake Eyes jumps onto the other boat and fights on the boat while it's moving.
0: Would this be straight afterwards? So, like, the the Joes are escaping in the moray and then Cobra launch their own moray?
2: Yeah. The
1: Hydra Sled.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Hey, man, I got a lot of love for the Hydra Sled.
3: Yeah, I'm starting to find that love as well, believe it or not. (laughs) But you can't get me to turn. Uh, I don't think my opinion on the Battle Barge will ever change.
2: But I am starting to love the Hydra lid. I probably would have went with the Hydra for like the original mm-hmm. chasing the other Moray. But <clears throat> yeah, oh, I like all the Battle of, of Equals. <laughs>
1: sure, find some blue carpet.
0: Yeah, you know what? Uh, sometimes it works just it works out just fine when you just plan the action beats and the rest fills itself in. That was kind of my process on Atlantis Factor. It was like I want this vehicle and this vehicle to go head to head and then that one gets destroyed and then this one takes over the fight. That sort of
2: scenario. Sometimes I just I, I don't I mix two storylines. I don't know how I'm still experimenting with that, but when I watched Cody's secret machine, he had quite a few different things going on and how they all tied together. I thought that was brilliant.
0: The man has got a detailed headcanon, let me tell you. And it spans <laughs> not just G.I. Joe, but also the core and various other properties like Predator. Uh, it's terrific yeah. stuff, man. Uh, I'm really looking forward to his part two. Uh, it's a mystery to all of us, I must say. <laughs> he tells me nothing. <laughs> oh.
2: Jeez. I still have to watch the the rest of Bad Luck Lady. I keep getting interrupted when I've, been, I've made it through about halfway, about three or four times now, so I've got to catch the ending. But I really <laughs> like that one. That one seems to resonate with me
0: cool man thank you thank you very much yeah look it 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 was born out of uh, a lot of necessities i was kind of on the road as it were different city every other week uh and and only a handful of toys to complete it with so a lot (laughs) of it is just like beautiful scenic stuff and and not so much not not so heavily reliant on like a large scale of action figures and vehicles But I suppose limitation um
3: breeds uh, innovation. Thank you. Thank you. I got to say, like, that's one of the things that I love about the lockdown. I mean, because there's very little to love about it. But, like, you know, we're all, like, stuck and we don't have, like, normal things that we can do on our lives. And a lot of us are kind of bored. And boredom actually does breed creativity, if you allow it to. So there's that. (laughs) Unless, of course, you're busy, like, crazy busy.
2: That's where I'm at. I, it seems like all our jobs we're on are all medical government jobs. So we just kept... I guess that's a good thing. We just had to keep working through. So I've been fortunate that way. So I get out of my house all I can like every day. So that's not so bad. So I feel for the people that are that have been locked down completely. It's got to be horrible.
3: Mm-hmm. But at least I've got the cool content that people are creating like yourself and yes. others. I mean, YouTube has been... Blowing up with, with lots of interesting con- content, and you can tell a lot of creators are are trying out videos that they were thinking of doing before, but maybe thought weren't cool enough, and now have gone with that. And it's actually the internet's been better for it, actually. Yeah, those
1: but, yeah. only fans. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. So what's the future, Corbs?
2: What's the future for Corbs? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Are you going to continue to crank them out? Is there a kind of a an end game that you're working towards
2: well everything else was kind of like a weekend project so the idea was to do one that i put all my effort into tie them all together and that would be the tale of two ninjas the storm shadow spinoff and that one i've i've been working on a little bit each weekend and i just want to give something my best and try to like i've been working really hard on trying to write the story and make it a little more interesting rather than just all all visual and uh that's basically it i just want to make something that i'm really really proud of and put it out to the community that i love i guess the toy lovers
0: <laughs> can you give us a little tease what uh you say it's a storm shadow story who's the other ninja yeah. presumably snake eyes
2: no this is after snake Eyes. i guess has passed on from Excellent. the Larry Hama. And this is a retired storm shadow. He's much older, old and grey. Nice. And it's it's a battle that his Arashikagi clan's had with another clan for years. And there's a little turnaround twist at the end and lots of fighting and Hopefully, it'll be more like a ninja movie from the 80s, I think, than a G.I. Joe feel, but it's going to still be he... a G.I. Joe spinoff.
1: So. <laughs>
0: Ketchup oh, be... Will be spilled. You're playing in a number of really sweet spots. Those are some <laughs> great, great
3: buzzwords you've just thrown around.
1: <laughs> Ketchup will be spilt.
3: Ketchup will be spilt. <laughs> True, man. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think in the in the comic book, the Night Creepers belong to the opposing clan to the Arashikagi, and I think uh Hama boiled down the Arashikage down to either the Koga or the Iga clan and the Night Creepers are the opposite. So I think the Arashikage are related to the Iga clan, which is a real ninja clan. Um as real as we know. It's like one of the uh, the few that are actually documented in history. Um so that was pretty cool. So yeah, please. By all means throw in a ninja battle. Uh ninja battles are great. They never get old. And and I know there's a bunch of like Joe fans in the uh, that like lived through the 90s that are like rolling their eyes right now. And they're like, yeah, it got old. I'm like, no, it never got old. Ninjas are cool.
2: <laughs> it's it's also just something that I wanted, yeah, I wanted to do just for myself too. So
3: would you possibly be experimenting with some of the six inch Joes for that, or maybe looking at some of them because they they surprised me by releasing a red ninja, and that's actually why I wanted to talk about that uh, preview because. I'm very excited to see a Storm Shadow and Rid Ninja coming out. And, and I will be honest here. I kind of hope that, that the toys look better than the artwork. And so far, that has been the case. Or at least if I look at that lineup, I think the toys look better than, than the way that the artwork sells them. And no offense to the artist, because the quality of the art is great. That's not the issue. Um, except for Baroness's face. Yeesh. That's just my opinion. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm actually quite excited for that red ninja and the storm shadow.
2: For me, it's the, the old rings are really hard to work with. They fall over and, you know, modern figures are like a dream to work with after working with the old figures. So I, I just don't want to, you know, take away that vintage feel from it though. Like, you know, from your childhood. So I, uh, it's hard to say like, that's what I, I did with, uh, that raging storm one. And I guess, you know, people like that is still in the GI Joe story, but that's a tough one. I don't know. I don't know what people would want.
3: Yeah. I it when it lands in your court, I suppose, you know, when you actually have the opportunity to grab the toys themselves. I mean, we haven't even seen the toys. So, I mean, this is just speculation at the time. I'm just really hoping that the Baroness's toy looks better than the artwork. And I'm very thankful that I can paint out the little gold um, accents on her glasses because it really makes her look like a librarian, but not in a cool way, like in a... Hang on, Paul. As of recording on the 25th
0: of May 2020, do we have images of the Baroness's action figure?
3: No, just the artwork. And then from what I can glean from the artwork, the design of the toys um, seems to mirror those artworks quite
2: faithfully. Like accurately. Okay.
3: Yeah, okay. or faithfully, thank you. That's the word I was looking for. Gotcha. And, uh, yeah, like I got to say, the Destro in that artwork is... Wow. Super cool looking. I love the artwork of that Destro. And the toy complements that very well. Um, in fact, but I, th- I feel that the toy even has some of that characteristic in it, but I'm just hoping that like the face sculpt on the Baroness comes across, uh, comes across a bit stronger because with the Scarlet, my biggest criticism of the actual toy was that she almost looks a little too friendly but the, the face sculpt is still great. She's she's beautifully sculpted, like it's a beautiful portrait. But I'm just hoping that somehow, I don't know, that the machines don't quite get the 3D scan right or something, and that it makes the toy face look better than the artwork face. Sorry, I I know it's like such a mean thing to say, but I just, I really don't like that face on the Baroness, and I think I'm quite precious about the Baroness, so. This
1: is really you know. a nothing question, <laughs> definitely for the uh, true believers, but uh, it is cool that kind of horse collar grab that Destro's doing in that art, but it almost that that pose is suited for somebody different. What do you think? Does that work for you? Destro doing the horse collar thing?
3: It doesn't no, it, yeah, I must say it it doesn't come across as off to me. I think the biggest problem on that artwork is that um they've tried to make sure every toy fits in that uh piece and not every one of those artworks was done sorry, they're trying to make every character fit in that artwork I'm saying toy. And so, every character is actually done, uh, sort of, as its own artwork. I don't think that they were ever really conceived to all be put together on the same piece. So, that Destro looks awkward. I think if you just saw that artwork by itself, that wouldn't both bother you. But in context, with the others, it's just, ugh, it, just lo- it does look a bit rigid and a bit off. But, it's, but also if you look at Destro, his proportions are a little bit different. He looks to be scaled a little bit differently to Cobra Commander, for example. Yeah, listen, I, I think there's definitely a, a future Snake Eyes and, Sto- and Red Ninja purchase for me, uh, for the 6-inch. But um, I can only say when the toys are there, and I only want to buy them if they actually look really cool. I, I want to echo Mike Mursey's sentiment on, if it's cool, actually get it. Don't just get it because we're trying to be faithful fans. Plus, you know, the Rand dollar is not great at the moment, so one has to be quite strategic with these things. I mean, I'm talking about South African fans in general.
2: Uh So your releases over there are pretty much in line with with us over here in North America?
3: Uh, No. (laughs) Uh, We actually don't get any product whatsoever. I think the last time we actually had product on the shelves was when, uh, what is that movie called, Rise of Cobra came out? Rise of Cobra, that was the last time we actually had product on the shelves. We never got any G.I. Joe product, um, other than that, at least in terms of modern era, modern releases. And then before that, we had the Great Drought, which was, uh, I think the last line that we got on shelves officially, um, in the Joe line was Star Brigade, uh, and the Shadow Warriors, the, the Ninja Force stuff. I think they're called the Shadow Warriors, the Ninja Force that changes white when you drop them in water. Um, and then at the very, very tail end, we got the Sergeant, um, I was about to call him Sergeant Slaughter, Sergeant Slaughter, and then I was about to call him Sergeant Rock, but I actually can't think of it now, but it's the whole screaming commandos thing. Sergeant Savage. Thank you. Sergeant Savage. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we got those, uh, by the bucket load because I think they were very unpopular over on your side in America and in Canada and in Europe. <laughs> so we, we got all of that. Yeah. Okay.
2: So, As for the yeah. 80s, you're. Stuff came a little later, didn't it? Yeah, uh, that's correct. Because you had re-releases, didn't you, of some of the the originals, like the the Cobra Troopers and stuff. They come out later, I think, in the UK.
0: I found that our our release patterns mirrored the United Kingdoms, but with just fewer vehicle releases. And what we did get, we got a glut of. I mean, absolutely everyone had a Battlecopter and a Barracuda. (laughs) <laughs> at a septic tank um but then there were things that were missed out altogether like the second series of eco warriors while we had the first series in abundance we never got toxo zombie or uh barbecue or deep six
3: boohoo no do- no deep six boohoo
0: no dolphin no fin no back. dolphin those dead <laughs> dead eyes uh yeah man, <laughs> just weird things. Also, I mean another victim or sort of not victim, uh, a fluke of the release schedule had version two Snake Eyes and version one Storm Shadow released in South Africa as late as 1989. So even in the 90s you could get like the premium figures of GI
2: Joe history. Yeah, I'm jealous um, of that. <laughs> Oh well, I'm je-
0: I'm jealous of any kid who managed to find those. Uh, oh, they were in okay. pretty short supply. I only sort of got yeah. my first snake eyes when he uh, when he had a three-section staff and uh, a bigger Uzi and a and a sword with holes in it. Try to explain Such that one time. to me. <laughs> you liked it, but I mean, what? It's inexplicable. Why did he have three holes in his sword, Cujo? You tell me. It's <laughs> a while you I work. work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I imagine there was like a. A sort of sound that would would happen as he swung it about, and the wind whistled through those those holes.
1: I think it's just for the weight. It's be a cigar cutter. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> the three-piece nunchuck. Yeah. Trisectional stuff. Very cool. Very, very cool. The trisectional stuff that comes with that snake eyes is actually quite a cool toy when you actually get your head around it, when you... When you actually look up how to use a trisectional staff, you can actually get the toy to do a lot of that stuff. I mean, like in toy form, if you know what I mean, you could get it to hold both ends, and you can you can get them to pose in pretty awesome-looking organic poses for a for a vintage toy. Because sometimes when you put swords in the hands of the vintage guys, they can look a bit like, uh, oh, what's this big knife in my hand? <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah. yeah.
0: Gripping them with both hands is is a challenge. Yeah. And not for the faint of heart, let me tell you. Corbra. tell me, buddy. Tale of Two Ninjas. Is this the kind of project that you'll know when it's ready, when it's ready? Or do you put yourself to some kind of time frame? It's like, I need to get this out. I've labored over it enough. I've obsessed over it enough. I'm going to give myself a deadline.
2: I did give myself a deadline, but I did also, in the same sense, give myself more time than I usually do. I usually really pressure myself and this one I found uh I'll think of an idea and then instead of just doing it I'll think about it for another couple days and I I always find something better that I can add to it or take away from it so I'm kind of just going a little slower this time I guess but still trying to get done by sometime this summer
0: (laughs) okay Uh, my ulterior motive is obviously I mean, and for the listener's sake as well as my own, when can we expect to see it?
2: Yeah, you know what? I think once I get a little bit further, I'll release like a release date, maybe in maybe in mm-hmm. two, three weeks. Cool. I'll have a better Excellent. idea when they'll be done, because I don't want to mislead people or disappoint anybody. So I want to make sure I'm right <laughs> and I well, don't. Well, buddy, do that.
0: that's a premiere that I will definitely count myself into. So right. whenever you're ready.
2: Oh, thanks. I'm happy that you guys are, are hosting it, too. It's, that is awesome.
0: Oh, well, I mean, I, so,
3: so,
0: I, I wasn't assuming we'd host it, but uh, uh, when that video premieres, I'll, I'll be in the chats, man. Oh, okay. <laughs> on the front lines.
3: But, yeah, it'll only be a pleasure to host it if you would like us to, obviously.
2: Most of my videos, uh, like the one I, we just put out there on your channel, I only... Like i've already got more thumbs up from your channels like or you guys have but it, way more views so at least more people are seeing it what's the point of working so hard on something if you know only a small group will see it with my small it's channel not so, so much
0: my intention to monopolize this kind of content as
2: just to yeah. have it
0: in one place place hmm. yeah yeah so if if we can create a home for, for any Playmotion contributions, it doesn't matter if it's a double posting, if it exists on their individual channel and ours, just as long as people who have a hankering for this stuff can be pointed in one direction and not only see contributions by yourself, Corbra, but also see Cody's stuff, Troy's stuff, the Peak Kids stuff,
3: everybody. In fact, one of the coolest things is, is that that is actually snowballed quite nicely in that we've got a lot more contributors than I thought we would have had. know, I thought we would have had like one, maybe two, but like, now we have what? Four almost, no, five, five different guys, mm. including yourself, corporate that have um, submitted stuff. And that's awesome. And, and, and please, by all means, like, if you would like us to link you to, our, to your channel, we would be happy to, I just didn't know you had your own channel. And if you ever want, uh like I mean I do the graphics for the you know, for the little thumbnails and whatever. So if you ever want to, just send me a screenshot or two of your footage and tell me the title of it and I'll do the little graphic for you quickly. You know, so that you can have the same title for your on your channel. You know, and we can just minus the G. I. Joe book thing or whatever if you need me, You know, we it's all in the aid of uh growing our community, so
2: yeah, that's that's great. No, I that, if you guys are okay with that, I wouldn't I would love to premiere it live and just hand it right over to you guys if that's okay. And if there's anything that you don't like, then, then you could give it one final once over. <laughs> you
0: know. We would be overjoyed. Hey, this is wonderful. Ah, community, man. GI Joburg or GI Joe rocks and the little distillation of it that we have within GI Joburg rocks the hardest i'm so so pleased to see i mean it's like it's self-sustaining i don't even feel like uh we necessarily own it anymore it belongs to to everyone that kind of wants to join this this umbrella this unit
2: yeah it's nice to be a part of that and just to help out it you know and they'll always be there in one place like you said anybody wants to look them up i wanted to say one other thing too it's just I bought a mug from you guys yesterday. <laughs> hey, oh, cool. thanks, Corpse. Oh, nice. Which one did you get? It's the one that says Berg at the top and then G.I. <laughs> Joe Berg. Yeah. Of course. Oh, cool. nice. I like the coffee, so I thought that's a, that's a good start anyway.
0: <laughs> thanks, buddy. Cheers. Oh, I, cool I hope it uh, wings its way to you shortly.
3: Yeah, Teespring has been pretty good with that kind of thing. But yeah, I see it here. Two orders made. Two, uh, yeah, I've, I had somebody else that's bought a t shirt recently as well. Nice! <laughs> Sorry. Checking out the analytics. Should we wrap the t shirt next? The merch.
0: Merch. Yeah, Kooj, do you want to take us home, brother? It's just been Memorial Day weekend in the United States of America. South Africa doesn't have anything like that. So. Uh, Canada, I believe, does, but it wasn't uh, this weekend past. And Australia, they had their Anzac Day some weeks ago. Yeah, and then we were encouraged to light a candle and stand in our driveways because obviously no one was going to do any kind of public gathering to, to commemorate the veterans, unfortunately. So tell us all about it, Cooch.
1: MC DJ ACDC, uh, you were right. That was a Byroid Terminator, that baby blue figure that I was talking about last week. So cheers to you, brother. With the G.I. Joe community stuff... Uh, I do agree, and I don't think it's that small of a slice I think uh, from what I've seen at least following social networks networks that seem to work together seem to team up you know on a platform that's that has integrity that has you know good vibes on it so I, I think that's what we're seeing and of course uh, I always or I tend or I drop some videos from time to time with horrible angles and I apologize just go ahead and burn your eyes after <laughs> that one video. As far as, uh, as far as Memorial Day, I do have the pleasure of chatting with a lot of the Joe community, both on timelines and in DMs. I don't know. When I think about Memorial Day this year, uh, you know, I, I'm conflicted like most people. You yeah, know, you know, I don't want to get deep. We got company. We're at a crossroads. And I think, uh, there's nothing wrong with spending some time thinking about people that, you know, may have fallen along the way, whether they're in the military or not. So I think we get we get that time, and I think I would just say that uh I had a conversation this week, and it felt like somebody you know in their service, the people that they were thinking about, they didn't ever get closure with, and I, I think that's that's the important thing, like you know differ- differences or similarities, like there's dignity, you know, and I think that when you remember stuff like uh if people have served and stuff, you know let them know uh, whether people are in lockdown, reach out to people. Let them know you're thinking about them. Don't leave anybody hanging in this chapter. You know, get closure. Let people know you care. And I'm I'm glad that we uh, got Corbra on the scene. Um, y- your stuff was new to me, and I, I it's dynamic. Uh, it's a pleasure to have you on the scene, brother.
2: Thank you so much. I love your guys' videos too, all yours. I was just quizzing my wife the other day about the, all the characters on my shirt. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice
3: you guys are welcome to post that stuff hey if you ever want to <laughs> it just adds to the awesomeness i think we might even start something like start up like something pretty geeky with that you know like uh, I'm, I'm waiting for when like some other fandom picks it up like star wars or something you know picks it up <laughs> and starts doing videos like that and i'm gonna be like i have an idea where that started
2: That's i'm not what saying she we're the said. first to do it
3: yeah speaking of community uh bart uh bart simon uh, he called me out on... He said he was listening to the pod, and I said, Cobra needs a dedicated doctor. And he asked, what about Scalpel? And for Robotics Person, what about Dr. Biggles-Jones? Both have figures. Now, to be very honest, I am not aware of the Dr. Biggles-Jones figure at all. And I, I, I did sort of have an inkling about Scalpel, but I never thought that he was actually, like, a proper character. I thought it was just maybe some kind of designation. So, yeah. I still kind of feel the same. Maybe... Yeah, maybe Dr. Biggles-Jones does actually need a, a modern reinterpretation, or if she already has, maybe it needs to be better so that it ends up on my radar. Because clearly I'm some kind of cave troll that totally missed out on these toys. But yeah, uh, I think she was uh, a
0: convention exclusive, wasn't she? In one of the uh, Transformers sets.
3: Oh, yeah, that's I right. I think.
0: jeez. Uh, mm. You know what? I don't know. I don't know if I want to walk out on a limb and say that even. I don't know. I don't know. Tell me in the
3: comments. I know for a fact SculpeL was a new Sculpt Era, and I hate to say it, but those are those Joes are dead to me. I, I don't care. I don't have an iota of a care for those toys at all. Not to be negative, but I know what my G.I. Joe is, and that's not it. I think I've discovered
0: the use for new Sculpt Era Joes. Mm-hmm. The crotches and legs are still very usable if you need custom parts. I have Mark van Leeuwen to thank for that. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'm seeing some possibilities for those parts now. I mean, everything from the waist up is is dead to me because of the gammy shoulders. Shoulders. But, uh, if you need to create custom characters or save certain Ninja Force characters that have uh, a no-ring style construction, (coughs) (coughs) you might want to look for the pants of the new sculpt guys. But Hmm. guys final question it's a quick fire round for the walk away this is something we missed in our 20 questions with Hector Garrido. <laughs> Ryan Sweeney wants to know what Joe or Cobra character did you relate to most when you were a kid and which character do you relate to most now <laughs> Cobra what does your gut uh, tell you
2: I guess Snake as I was quiet and my brother was Storm Shadow was, a, was the bad guy <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's the model answer Cooge
1: Firefly because of the ambiguity Um, and I think uh, Steel Brigade nowadays just because I like to move unnoticed.
3: Boy. Ironically, Storm Shadow when I was a kid uh, because I always felt like, I mean, I was always made to be the Storm Shadow uh, in our Storm Shadow Snake Eyes pairing that was David and I. Um, So, you know, I had the little brother syndrome Uh, and then as an adult, I feel like good guy Storm Shadow now because still have a lot of that stuff, but I'm actually really happy to be Storm Shadow. I don't feel like second fiddle to Snake Eyes. Nice. Deadly. As a child,
0: Lady J, because she pretty much fits in anywhere, and I needed a protagonist who could just be my avatar. Now as an adult, Zartan baby. Uh, Zartan's great. Because a gem of that size answers all my questions. <laughs> this is G.I. Joeberg 172 my name's S. Jobs we're out of here boys thanks for joining us Cobra
1: thank you see y'all later
0: <laughs> take care out there everybody